Well, hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, it's my pleasure to be talking with Aaron Moore all the way from the GTA, the greater Toronto area. How are you doing today, Aaron? Doing great, Dave. That's fantastic. So if you're not familiar with Aaron, Aaron is a very, very experienced real estate entrepreneur. He's won multiple awards for the cool stuff he does. And what I find particularly fascinating about Aaron, coming from my marketing background, plus, you know, my initial foray into real estate investing was doing kind of a little bit of the kind of stuff that you're doing now, Aaron, and, and finding motivated sellers and getting into kind of interesting kind of deals. Aaron's doing that in what many people think is, probably is, the hottest market in Canada, which is Toronto. So he's able to find motivated sellers. He's able to find properties under market value, turn around, flip them, wholesale them, buy and hold them, do all sorts of great things. So really looking forward to learning from you here today, Eric. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate being here. It's an honor. I've, I've known about you for a long time, so probably over 10 years now, so it's good to be here. Awesome, awesome. Well, Aaron, tell us a little bit about how you got into the whole crazy world of real estate investing in the first place. Well, I think like many people, I, I got in slowly. You know, first it started with, you know, one real estate investing book, bought one property, and then it took a few years after that to actually experience it, to see it, and it was, you know, it was one property I brought, this is my mid-20s, brought my housemates with me, and then after a few years, the equity's up, mortgage just paid down, I'm living there pretty much for free. And I said, I got to do more of this stuff. <laughs> so that's when I started going to, you know, local real estate investing groups. And at that point, you know, after just seeing what one property can do, that's when I said, I got to do this full time and put a lot of effort into this. Well, excellent. So how long was it from when you started to when you jumped into it full time? And did you jump into it full time or did you kind of transition? And what were you doing with I, your job beforehand? Yeah, I would, you know, corporate world, I was IBM, you know, software, business analysis, all this internet software stuff. But it was about four to five years from when, like me and my brother first bought sort of an income property slash we lived in it. And then it was, you know, four or five years later, I was out doing this full time. And I'd say I jumped into it more than other people. I know other people talk about, you know, replacing your income first. Uh, not me so much. <laughs> I did more of the jump. I, you know, I had a little cushion, right? Had some cushion. Had some bit of cash in the bank, you know, not that much, but a little equity in a property, but I, I took the plunge. Nice, nice. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So, Aaron, what is your main focus these days? What do you are you primarily a flipper, a wholesaler, a buy and hold kind of guy? I know you do a bit of everything, but what's your bread and butter? Yeah, I'm certainly known as a wholesaler. That's what other investors know me as, and my bread and butter is really attracting those motivated sellers to private deals and you know from there yeah I've you know honestly I can say like a lot of my wealth has been built from buy and hold rental properties so I've collected rental properties but yeah like ongoing like every month we're wholesaling we're flipping properties and I collect some rentals along the way nice so that's what I do and that's what I'm known for okay so for folks that are watching this and are perhaps just kind of getting started in their real estate investing journey. Aaron, can you tell us why you think it's so important to become good at finding your own deals instead of relying on realtors and the MLS and all that kind of normal stuff? Right. That people think they should be doing. Yeah. You know, I, in the past, I've 
you know, when I first started, I bought off MLS and, you know, sometimes it's a waiting game, but, you know, the reality is there's all these deals out there. Some of them are going to end up as, you know, if it's, if it's not me going after them, they're going to end up as the bank sales on MLS. The, the sheriff's going to come, they're going to lock these people out and, you know, they're going to be kicked out and, you know, maybe they'll go to a rental property or who knows what they'll do. But, you know, I can circumvent that by contacting them before the sheriff's coming to lock them, you know, to, to change the locks and kick them out. Mm-hmm. So there's just a ton of crazy situations people get into and they just need a fast, easy sale. And they're certainly more than happy. They're, they expect to sell at a discount. Like I'm not buying the prettiest houses out there, right? So these are fixer-uppers. Yeah. You, you know, it could be divorce problems. There's typically financial problems. It could be just, you know, the house stinks. It's filthy. It's order or something like that. Yeah, orders. And, and people just want to get. So the benefits to me and the other investors I wholesale to is, hey, we buy at a discount. And I have built my all my rentals and my personal residence all these properties, you know, we use the, I guess it's called the Burr strategy. We buy, we renovate, we rent, we, we refinance. So it's a way of, you know, bootstrapping your rentals. You're not sinking that much money into each rental you buy. You know, it takes time, but it's certainly a good way to grow your portfolio over time. Well, you kind of got the best of both worlds, right? Because you can find really good deals that you can add to your long-term buy and hold strategy, do the Burr method with. You can wholesale deals that you're not really interested in, but you know other investors are, so you're making a nice little pop of cash there. Could be a different property that you buy and you renovate instead of holding it as a rental. It's not maybe not a great rental. You just flip it for a nice chunky cash there too. So you kind of got the whole spectrum covered. Yeah. No, I've done a lot of, you know, different, you know, I've done these agreement for sale deals you hear about in Ontario a little bit. I've done, you know, rent owns. I'd have to be private lending, but you know, these opportunities come up, but, you know, at some point you got to kind of focus <laughs> and, you know, it really is, you know, the wholesaling, the fix and flipping, like, like that's what we do for, you know, active income. Everyone likes a high income, right? So that, that's what we do for an income. The long-term wealth building, you know, that's for me, that's, you know, rental properties. Makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So Aaron, let's dive into one of my favorite things, which is all about the marketing. Sounds like yeah. you're coming from a tech background. What are some of, if you don't mind sharing, what are some of the strategies or methods that you use to find or attract motivated sellers these days? Because I know what I used to do way back in the day, 2003, 2004, 2005, times they are changing. So I'm sure some of that stuff works really well today, but there's other newer, better stuff or newer stuff that might work better. Yeah. It might be partially because I have a tech background, so I am very comfy with the internet. So I, I do a ton of internet marketing. You know, I'm, you know, I'm doing the pay-per-click to find motivated sellers, which often means, you know, I'm sure most people know the Google ads, the, the people see the paid ads whenever you do a Google search. So I, I come, and come up in there a lot. I have a strong SEO presence because I've been around a while, which means I, I come up in the organic searches as well, not just the paid ads. So, you know, that. So in other words, if somebody types in, sell my house fast or what would they be typing yeah. in? People do yeah, type in like sell my house fast in Toronto and surrounding areas. Yeah. And, and, you know, I want cash for my house now, things like this, you know, yeah. just Fire. Yeah. urgent, motivated kind of terms that people would be typing in. Yeah. That I'll, I'll be coming up, but both paid and sometimes in the non-paid section, I'm on both. 
you know, that being said, over the years, I've, I've done, you know, like letters, sending letters to houses is still great. You know, if you know the type of house you want to target, well, you know where they are, right? <laughs> you can look them up or figure the neighborhood that has the types of properties you want. Or if you want, say, an apartment building, yeah, you know, the, the owner of that apartment building and their mailing address is public record. You can go to the city hall and look at the tax records. And if you want to target the owner of that building, then you can do it, right? So definitely my top two favorite things are the internet and letters, like letters direct to the, either a specific house you want or the types of houses you want. So if you're doing the type of houses that you want, are you targeting specific neighborhoods? Are you doing kind of like blanket unaddressed ad mail type mailings or, or what, what yeah. are you doing? There? Yeah. I, I am doing the unaddressed ad mail, the, the neighborhood mail. And for me, I, I like to go after neighborhoods, usually an older stock of housing that'll have the opportunity for rentals and for a fix and flip. I'm not going after, you know, your big four bedroom, two car garage built in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'm going after, you know, what, Adding the secondary suite is big around here. So we go after those kinds of houses. You know, once again, it's an, an older, typically an older stock, but something, you know, not the highest price point, but still enough space, a spacious enough house to put in a secondary suite. You know, it, like the standard bungalow still works well. We, we target those neighborhoods with the older bungalows. And are you usually doing something like a postcard? Are you doing an actual letter? Are you doing the, the good old yellow letter that we've heard so much about what's working for you yeah, it's, it's more like the the letter style the hand i still like the handwritten letters you know very personal coming human to human yeah. and the thing of, like the thing about marketing is okay first you got to get it delivered then you got to get it acknowledged and, and or read, right yeah. so if it looks just like a piece of advertising people often just throw it right in the garbage like you know think about how many pretty colorful realtor postcards we get saying you know was just listing the neighborhood. You know, I, I'm sure maybe some of us listing care because we're in real estate, but I think the average person probably just tosses them off, right? Unless so, they're ready to list their house this minute. Yeah. If the timing's right, then yeah, maybe that the house, the realtor, you know, pretty postcard will attract them. But I think everyone will look at, say, a handwritten letter. It doesn't really matter, you know, you don't know what my handwritten letter is about from first glance. So it looks handwritten and it may be a photocopy of handwritten. Mm-hmm. Look at it. And, you know, you, you probably will read the first sentence or two. And, you know, if it doesn't attract your interest in the first sentence, yeah, you throw it in the garbage. But at least I got someone to read it and pay attention. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And if they see your next one coming down six months down the, the line, maybe their time and circumstances have changed. They're a little bit more. Yeah. So I imagine you've been doing this for years now. So I imagine you've got people that are coming around a couple of years after you've actually sent them the first message. True enough, just this year I had someone call me who got a letter back in 2012. I, I know because of the specific area it went to and, you know, yeah, so people hold on to these letters for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I always found that fascinating. So yeah, I the ball. that's cool. Now, I, one of the things that kind of frustrates me about being up here in Canada is that I, I watch what the Americans are doing and how much easier it is for them to access information and find out, you know, they can find out online who the hell's behind on their mortgage payments and all these kind of things and get in there and get letters in there. Is there anything like that available for us here in Canada these days? Or you just yeah, kind of- it's, I'm still a little envious of all the these lists I hear about the Americans getting their hands on. But, you know, there are certain things, 
you know, cities around here still have tax sales. So, you know, but I think around here, not really getting a list of the, say, the people and the phone numbers and their mailing addresses, but there, you know, there are lists of the properties going up for tax sale in a few weeks. So, you know, you could, you know, target the properties and, you know, I guess you could find out the owner's information. You can dive into these things. Also, I know in some cities, so Toronto has like bylaw infractions are publicly available on the internet. There's a website, you know, search neighborhoods and find out whose grass got too long and the city got called and this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that'd be a good clue, wouldn't it? Yeah. Have you done any of that kind of stuff yourself or you just kind of focus on you don't need to because you're focusing on what you're already doing? You know, I, I haven't hit it too hard, but we do, you know, pay attention a little bit to the bylaws. But it's more like if we're buying or working on a house in a certain area, we'll probably drop off some flyers at, you know, ones nearby that have bylaw fractions or things like that. Yeah, very, very cool. Now, what about the good old things like bandit signs, vehicle signage, all that kind of stuff? You doing any of that kind of stuff? Territory signs, all that? I, I, I still have some of those outdoor signs. I like to call them outdoor signs, but yeah, they're bandit signs. <laughs> <laughs> I still so have some... Canadian, we got to be politically correct. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've done well with them over the years. As my brand has gotten bigger, I've sort of done less because... They right. find you easier, that's why, right? They find me easier, yeah. So <laughs> I think it's better for the new guys starting out, honestly. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. <laughs> There's ways to do it. And there are ways to do it and stay within the bylaw rules. So you can do that too. It just takes a lot more work and effort. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think the most unique one I heard of was a buddy of mine in Edmonton who hired pizza delivery guys to put them up Friday afternoon and take them down Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So when all the, the bylaws guys weren't working, that worked pretty well for him. So <laughs> you, you can work it within the bylaws, but it takes a lot of time and effort. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's very, very true. Well, Aaron, this is a lot of fun. I mean, I love talking about marketing and creative ways of finding yeah. motivated sales. Because again, like you said, that's typically where the best deals can be found. Anytime a realtor or a bank gets in the middle, it just mucks things up. It messes things up. So if you can deal directly eyeball to eyeball, knee to knee with the seller, it works so much better. Yeah. And you're going to be like working directly with the seller is you can tailor your solution. You can solve the problem. You can find out the problem. Like if there's middlemen, then it's really hard to find out the problems. But, you know, I I can find exactly their ideal moving time. You know, are, are they broke? Like often the sellers I deal with, you know, a lot of them are broke. They don't have moving money. So. It's a, you know, we do things like delayed, basically close sooner and they can move out later so that you get your money now and you got plenty of money because most of the properties I'm buying, they have plenty of equity. So they got plenty of money to take their time and if you buy a house next or they have a first and last for their next rental or moving money for a moving truck. So, you know, we can just tailor the solutions so it, it fits them. And, you know, the price is sort of secondary if we can give them everything else they need. Right. They're not as picky about the price because you're more flexible on the other things. You're, That's right. You know what their needs are. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, Aaron, a quick question as we're just kind of wrapping up. How do you typically finance most of these deals? Are you going in with investor partners? How do you yeah. typically it's, buy all cash? What do you do? Yeah. You know, there's a few few different ways. I, I definitely have a stable of private lenders, so people who will you know lend me a mortgage. 
And you do need private lenders in this business because a lot of them, like I mentioned, they're fixer-uppers. Banks won't finance them because they're in bad condition. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we, like, we do close really fast, like you know, and sometimes under a week. And hey, a bank's not going to move that fast. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I also have, you know, over time I've built up, you know, I have lines of credit on some of my rentals. So I do have access to cash or cash equivalents. So, you know, I can buy without mortgage if we really have to act fast. But, you know, probably the, my average one is a, a private lender still. And occasionally, well, and over the years, I certainly have used plenty of bank mortgages, but it seems to be getting tougher and tougher. And the more rentals you accumulate, the tougher it is and just more paperwork to get a, to get a bank mortgage. So the more properties you have, the less work bank mortgages you want to get. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Aaron, this has been great. If people want to find out more about Aaron Moore and what you're up to, what would you recommend that they do? Well, they can, you know, people often want to get access to our wholesale properties. So they can go to housedealsgta.ca. That's our website. And we are, we're going across Southern Ontario. So we're expanding out of the, out of the GTA. We're even going out to Ottawa uh, in 2020. I know if people just want a quick and dirty way to get on our, our buyers list, they can text at 647-560-2111 and just text your email address and get right on our buyers list. And you can also let us know more, know more details about what you want. But yeah, it's just 647-560-2111. And yeah, they can contact us through our housedealsgta.ca website. Talk with me, Tamomi, who, who will be answering the phone most of the time. And you know, ask us any questions as well. Awesome. Very good. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for sharing some of your wisdom and your experience. My pleasure, Dave. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. Take care. and We'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. And if you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at Investor Attraction Demo. Dot com. Take care.